Welcome to the podcast to end all podcasts. I'm Maya Birdsong, and this is The Ponderings of a Teenage Girl, where I talk about the strange things that I've been pondering. Welcome back, guys and gals. This week, we have a fun, cuddly topic to discuss, a furry little topic to discuss. That is right, kids. It is dogs. And now, you might be thinking that, like, dogs, there's nothing really to discuss about dogs. Dogs are dogs. Got four legs. Got a tail. Got a nose. Got some ears. Alright? But there's more to dogs than meets the eye that is not necessarily confusing but ponder worthy and that is what we are gonna discuss today so one thing for me that is kind of like mind-boggling about dogs is how they came to be like obviously humans back in the day many centuries thousands of years ago Humans were like domesticating animals left and right, and they domesticated dogs. And dogs are canines, so they took some wild canines and were like, you're going to be my friend now, and domesticated them. And then the dogs are like, okay, cool. And then they started hanging around humans. But with some dogs, it's easy to tell how they came about, like huskies and like other big dogs that like look that are like bigger and like look wolf-like it's obvious that okay those came from wolves because everyone like the baseline knowledge that they have of like is like dogs come from wolves and are domesticated canines and like with big dogs like huskies german shepherds yada 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 it's very easy to be like yes that fact is true dogs come from wolves however other dogs specifically the dogs smaller than wolves and other big dogs heads like yorkies and chihuahuas and other small dogs you're just like that can't have come from a wolf wolves are larger than dogs like wolves are actually like oddly really big like bigger than you would expect and so how would like a ginormous canine get into this little two pound little scraggly dog that yips in your hand you know and so that's kind of what the first thing that's kind of mind-boggling about dogs is like where do dogs actually come from like what where do some breeds come from because obviously they come from canines but like what canines like they can't all have come from wolves because that just doesn't add up with size and like some dogs don't look anything like wolves so then I was thinking you know this is the rare episode where I actually did some research before um write it down mark your calendars guys this is a new time actually did some research um and I looked up some 
like different types of canines and there's obviously wolves um and foxes and coyotes and dingoes which those are like wild dogs in australia and i think there's others there's something when i looked it up called a raccoon dog and i don't know if raccoons are canines i didn't get that far because the dog part was confusing um so i'm just gonna say raccoons don't take my word for that though um but animals like that are canines so it must be different dog types obvious are domesticated from different canines and i know that at least is true because um in animal science in sophomore year of high school we watched this documentary where um in northern russia um people domesticate foxes there's like a white fox or some sort of fox in like the siberia area of russia that's very um violent and wild but they domesticate them and only take the tamest like only breed the tamest of all of them and that's how you get border collies and so border collies are like fourth or fifth generation of tame foxes and so i know at least border collies in those type of dogs come from foxes and so i was like okay so then if raccoons are canines and that would explain like smaller dogs or raccoons are like cats to me more than dogs so i don't know exactly how that's true are badgers canines okay well i didn't thoroughly do research i did like one quick google search so don't really know but it would make sense if smaller canines get the smaller dogs and bigger canines like wolves foxes coyotes get the bigger dogs but i'm also wondering if maybe like different breeds come from other dog breeds so like if like older dog breeds make some of these other ones like i know there's mixes so obviously mixes come from two dog breeds but like some of these purebreds are just like breeds in general like no mixing at all um if they have come from like other dog breeds in the past like maybe dog breeds that don't exist anymore but maybe like they've just had selective breeding from like one other dog breed that produced a whole new dog breed i know like with plants like you can in other things people can do selective breeding where they only like take like with the fox example where they only took the tame ones like you can t breed plants or s other species with only showing a certain trait and then only keep breeding those with that one trait so that one trait is more prominent and then you make like a complete different species so i'm wondering with like that and like um some isolation where like maybe like a dog ancient dog pack was separated and it created a new breed that has to be also part of it because i can't imagine like there's like hundreds and hundreds of dog breeds that are like all over the world like some native to each co continent and country and whatever so i can't imagine that there's that many wild canines that make that many like domesticated dogs so there probably has to be some like like some of these dogs derive from other dogs like that 
that's just like the only reason that can make sense to me about it. But it was interesting when I was thinking about this topic for the episode that what goes in to domesticating dogs like it like again going back to that fox example in Russia like like obviously wild animals aren't safe like you have to be careful with wild animals especially like more violent seeming ones like wolves and foxes like obviously like they are hunters they are apex predators and you can't like go up to one and not like just go willy-nilly hey fox and like be surprised if you get attacked or whatever but it's just interesting it was just interesting to me to see what goes in to breeding animals and domesticating dogs because like when you think of the word domestication you're just like people know what it is but like they don't know what goes into it like people know like the definition and if you say it to them they're gonna know what you're talking about but not many people know what actually goes into domestication and so it's interesting for me to like see the process where it was like picking a certain breed so like picking a certain animal to domesticate which you kind of have to like accidentally domesticate an animal to then see the outcome after a while of the generations and then be like oh that's a better version that like better suited for us and then go back and like replicate it kind of like the cheese thing like they accidentally made cheese and now they're gonna go back and try to replicate their process and it's kind of like that with domesticating um but it was interesting to see how like they breed the foxes and they test and make sure that they get the ones that are the tamest so that that wild violent streak that violent gene exits the gene pool and you have tamer dogs because part of domestication is that they become docile and like they're able to be around humans and like that wild savage kind of violent streak that you attribute to wild animals is like gone so it's like de-wildifying the animals and obviously some dogs like are more vicious than others but that's also kind of like how they're treated too but um yeah, it was just interesting to see, like, what goes into it. Like, it's not just, like, you decided one day, like, dog, and then the canine turns into a dog. Like, there's a lot more, like, science and planning behind it. So, it's interesting to see, like, you can make, like, a fox come out of a border collie in only, like, a few generations. So, that was kind of cool to see. But, like, some dogs, that vicious streak did not get out. And, like, obviously dogs can, like, get rewild again, like feral dogs and cats and whatnot. Um, but you would think it'd be the bigger dogs that have that streak because, you know, bigger, more like wolves. Wolves are wild, yada, yada. But some of these tiny little purse dogs, um, those are some of the most vicious dogs I have ever come across. Like, you might be thinking in your head, vicious dogs. German Shepherds, Pipples, and those dogs are actually some of the nicest dogs. Like, if you treat those dogs well and you don't make them, like, train them to be violent, they won't be. But some of these baby dogs, little little yippers, little ankle biters, they are some of the vicious. My cousin had this little Yorkie, 
oh my god, scariest dog. Like, it was so cute and, like, small and fluffy, and so you wanted to pet it, but boy, would it, like, bite you, and, like, it didn't like being, like, around people, but, like, it would still come towards you, so you'd think, ah, oh, this is the one day let me pet it, and then, like, your hands bit off, and you're just, like, help. And vicious. And <laughs> once, this is, like, kind of an embarrassing story, but um, when we first moved to Idaho, like, in our first little neighborhood, I was riding my, there was this, like, park in the middle, so there's this, like, the street went in kind of, like, this big little circle, and in the middle was this little park with, like, a field and a playground, and I was riding my bike around the sidewalk, around the little playground, and as I was going past this old lady's house, this little yipper dog like escaped from her porch or whatever and started chasing me and it was actually pretty fast which is also scary with these little dogs like they can run like mega fast like olympic sprint fast and it was keeping up with my bike and I was pedaling harder and harder and it was keeping up and it chased me around one whole lap and it was like trying to bite my ankles and like it was succeeding because I was trying to get away so I was pedaling really fast but it was as tall as my pedal when it went, like, on the lowest part, like, when I was pedaling, and so it would get my foot every time it went down, and so I would try to, like, take my feet off the pedals and not pedal, but then I would slow down so it would catch up, so then I would have to, like, speed up to try to get it, so I was, like, embarrassingly chased by, like, this little Yorkie for, like, a lap and a half, like, screaming as it was, like, getting my bike, um, and everyone was probably looking at me, but, like, that's fine, but, like, those are the dogs that you need to watch out for. Like, those big dogs that, like, bark when you go past, kind of scary. But that's just because they're, like, barking because they're, like, guarding. But, like, you know for a fact, like, if you, like, knew the people that had the dog and it got used to you, it'd be, like, licking all over you and on your lap. But those little dogs, those little dogs are very bipolar. Like, you never know what those little dogs are going to do. They could be on your lap and, like, wag their little baby tails or chase you around the block. Um, so, yeah, those are the ones you need to watch out for. Alright, now, the second thing that kind of intrigues me about dogs that I think about are, like, dog combos. And I don't think combo is the right word, but, like, mutts just seems kind of that seems like a mean word to say to dog like dog mixes and those can go either way too because some of these dog mixes are like you wouldn't think of like putting the dogs together like big dogs with little dogs but at the same time you can have really cute dog breed mixes and really ugly like you made a big genetic mistake weird dog breed mixes and, like, some, I, this is also part of the research, is I looked up some cute dog breed combos. And I found a trend, at least for me. There's a lot of really cute dog breeds that I forgot to look at the names because I was too busy looking at the pictures. And this, some really cute ones. Like, some super cute ones. There was, like, um... What was it? Like a Dalmatian and a Dachshund. Oh my god. Cute. Some 
Pomeranian Husky mixes. There's just a lot of really cute mixes, but I found a trend, at least for me, of what makes a cute dog dog mix, and that was it either involves corgis or huskies. Now, corgis are those cute little, like, dogs with the really short legs, like the Queen of England has, right? I hope that's a right reference, and I'm not just dumb. Um, But those dogs... And obviously everyone knows what a husky is, but like they make some of the cutest dogs. Like a lot of the cute breeds that I saw is when you like mix a big dog with a little dog. And so it makes a little version of that big dog. So cute. Like there's a something called a horgy, which is a really honestly bad name. Like they could have picked a better one. Um, but that's a mix of a corgi and a husky, and so it's like a little corgi, little short body with a little husky head. Cute. And there is also a corgi German Shepherd mix called a Corman, which is like kind of the same, like a corgi German Shepherd, obviously, like a smaller German Shepherd. But I realized anything husky or corgi in it, cute. There is a husky Pomeranian mix, adorable. There was a um a golden retriever husky mix. Adorable. It was like a blonde husky, but like smaller. Adorable. There was a bunch of corgi mixes, like things with corgi, and that's how you get those little like short little little bitty legs. Adorable. And there was a lot of other dogs that I just was like, oh my god, cute, and like scrolled past. But specifically in my research, I found that Anything husky or corgi, cute, at least for me. But huskies are some of the cutest dogs. Like, I think 99.99% of the human population likes huskies. Like, I feel like if people had the time and the space for a husky and, the like, the money, everyone would get a husky. Everyone. I have not met a single person in my 19 years of living, that is not like the husky. I love huskies. Like, back in the day when malls still had pet stores, like, I don't think this is legal anymore, but, like, putting, like, puppies out in this little, like, viewing area of the pet store, and always in the mall, we would, me and my sisters would beg my mom to have us go past the little pet store, because they would have husky puppies out in the front, Oh my gosh, those are the cutest things. Little fluff balls with piercing blue eyes and big tails. If that is not adorable to you, you are a sociopath. If you do not think huskies, specifically husky puppies, are cute, sociopath, psychopath. There's just no other explanation because those are some of the cutest dogs. The problem is, though, with those dogs, you need a lot of space because they get large obviously they're the ones most obviously derived from wolves and they also have a lot of energy so you have to like walk them because also with big dogs I learned um that they get anxious if they're not like if they're cooped up all the time so you have to have like a big house in a yard and like not have a busy schedule where you can like let it out of its crate and walk it because big dogs like, not just to huskies, but other big dogs, too, or dogs with big energies. Like, also with Australian Shepherds, another cute fluffy dog. My cousins had one, and it had two different colored eyes. And it, she was 
so rambunctious and cute. But dogs with a lot of energy, if you don't have that space or time to get all their energy out, they'll get really anxious and start having like really bad anxiety and they'll start going crazy in um, confinement and like their crates and they'll take that anxiousness out and they'll start biting like their pads and other stuff and they'll literally could bite their pads like their paw pads off because they're like nervously like chewing on it because they like can't get their energy out so that's also like a lot of people see like everyone wants a husky as we've already learned, because huskies are literally the apex dog. But a lot of people don't take into account how they're going to take care of it. And so these dogs don't get proper, like, they're not out enough. Or they have, like, they're in apartments that are too small for them. And so they get anxious. And it can really mess up the dog mentally and physically. Because it's, like, anxiously, like, ripping out its fur. Like, scratching its fur off. Or getting, like, um scratches and open sores from scratching or biting its paw pads off and it's like not good people need to be very like mindful and careful and really think long and hard about whether they can actually take care of dogs because i know like um it's very impulsive to get puppies especially if you're like in a pet store or like around an adoption thing or whatever because it's like so cute and you know they're going to be like snatched up immediately if you leave and so it makes very impulsive decisions to get dogs and you don't want to have your dog have mental issues and start eating itself. That's not fun. That takes the cuteness away. That was a little impromptu dog PSA. But yeah, corgis and huskies. Any small, short, little dog or prime husky dog. Adorable. There's also weird dog combinations that like why did you put those together or just I found really weird ugly dog breeds like dogs are generally super cute but there are some dogs that are just not cute at all or some dog mixes that like how do you love that thing and I didn't do a ton of research but there are some weird ugly dogs that I just want to like think about and Number one on that list is hairless dogs. Now, everyone, like, you know how everyone loves huskies? Where there's a 99.99% of the population agreement that no one likes hairless cats. Sphinxes are ugly. Sphinxes are uncomfortable to look at. They are the naked mole rats of cats. And everyone can agree that things that are supposed to have hair should have hair and should not be naked. Just common sense. Now, what I did not know is that there are also hairless dogs. Sphinxes, but dog in dog form. And there are some of these that are native to certain countries and areas that have been, that are ancient dog breeds that have been around from like the Mayans and the Aztecs and the Incas and some of those is one that was native to Mexico called a Zolot I can't pronounce it it's the one that starts with the X and I think that's what you know the dog in Coco the movie Coco is except the animators made that dog look super cute can't really tell it's not hairless 
but it just looks like a super cute dog. Don't remember what its name is. However, I saw real life pictures of these dogs and they are not that as cute. I saw a puppy version, like one where like the puppy was laying on the mom and the puppy w- looked cute. But that's also because I think it's a puppy and it's just like a little th- creature with rolls and you kind of for- like your brain just kind of like forgets the whole fact that it doesn't have hair. However, something about hairless dogs is just uncomfortable to look at. There's also another hairless dog breed that is native to, like, the Andes Mountains. That's very similar to the other one. Ugly and uncomfortable to look at. And I bet, like, if you found, like, the prettiest of them all, like, the the best of the worst, kind of, like, where it's cute for the ugly hairless dogs, like, I bet there's, like, a decent one to look at. But just in general, the fact that dogs which are known as like fluffy like cute little furry guys are hairless just doesn't sit well with me but I guess if you are allergic to dogs that would be a good option for you just get all the hairless creatures you get a naked mole rat instead of a hamster you get a hairless cat instead of a normal cat and then you get a hairless dog so if you need a instead of getting those expensive hyperallergenic dogs you just get a hairless one because then if you just shaved your dog that would be very violating and sad and you'd have to keep doing it because it obviously grows hair but if you get one that never grows hair problem solved you know And another one, I don't really, this one's also kind of hairless, but it's like, you know how people shave their poodles or their cats to look like lions? Like some people do that to their poor cats where they just have the little neck fluff and then the little like tail fluff and then the little ankle fluff and the rest of them is shaved and they, they do that similar to poodles. Well, there's a dog that just naturally grows that just naturally has a little electrified shock of a mane and some mangy little like little ankle bracelets of fur and little tail topper of fur and that's a Chinese crested dog those are ugly those look rabid those look like you just a dog washed up out of the streets like the even if it was like the nicest most like cleanest like you just got it from the pet store it looks like a dog that's been living on the streets it's like a rat dog. It literally looks like a dog that's been living in the sewers and you picked it up because your mom forgot her glasses and thought it was some other dog and she picked it up. Like those commercials of people like grabbing raccoons, sinking their cats. That's what those dogs look like. Those dogs are kind of worse than the hairless dogs because the hairless dogs got something going for them. They're hypoallergenic. They got no fur. If they're the best of the bunch, they can maybe have like a nice like face shave like they can maybe look like nice dogs if you get the right kind but those ones just look mangy they look half gnawed on those ones just look not great and they always have weird names like diesel but those are just like the weird dogs where it's like they're cute and edgy and really it looks like they got like a half gnawed on like dog carcass off the street you know those ones aren't good and then another one and in my brief, brief research, I found a weird and ugly, overwhelmingly 
ugly dog breed for you. A dog mix. It is a chug, which that name alone is not appealing. And that is a mix of a chihuahua and a pug. You might be thinking, well, that wouldn't look too weird. Let me tell you, scary looking dog. Like a lot of the weird dogs are like just playing breeds on itself. And, but there has to be, they're mixing dogs galore to get all these cute, short, little stubby, fluffy little dog breeds. There has to be ones that they were like, this in theory sounds like it'd be a cute dog and will take over the dog market. Everyone will be kicking their old dogs out on the street and buying our new dog breed. But then once that dog comes into fruition, it's like a Frankenstein type thing. And they're like, what have we done? What have we brought into this world? This is not a cute dog. And that was the chug. A chihuahua pug mix. It has like a weird body, but then it also has like that pug nose, but like on a chihuahua face. It just was not properly executed. It was not a good idea. And I bet there are a lot of people that have those and love their dog. And kudos to you. You have a heart of gold. But not for me. I do not want a dog that makes my eyes hurt every time I look at it. I want to be able to pet and cuddle my dog, not be afraid of my dog. And speaking of my dog, I indeed have a dog who is what others would call a mutt. He is a glorious mix of some of the cutest little little baby dogs ever. He is like a corgi, dachshund, terrier, chihuahua mix, mainly terrier and corgi. So he has the little terrier coloring, the little terrier face, and then he got the little short little corgi legs and the little barrel corgi body mixed with a little bit of dachshund, kind of a little dachshund nose and some dachshund legs. Like he's a little bow-legged, but we love him. It's like, you know how like dogs like look like their owners like pets do not gonna lie I'm a little bow-legged myself and so kind of matching um pet to owner here just a tad so maybe slightly biased but then he also has little cute little chihuahua ears I don't know he's adorable his name's Carino we got him from the Humane Society he was an adapty dog which means Um, He was trained by prison inmates, so he was part of a program where inmates could have something constructive to do, and they trained dogs. So he's well-trained, he's adorable, and he's the love of my life. Um, He's kind of weird, though. Um, Since he was from the shelter, um, we don't really know, like, we only know a kind of estimate of his age, but also, like, Obviously, we don't know what people did when he was first born or on the streets. Whatever happened, they definitely did not teach him how to play fetch. And obviously did not even play with toys. So, he's kind of boring in the fact that he does not know how to play fetch. Therefore, we can't play fetch with him. 
He also does not like toys. So he doesn't play tug of war. He doesn't like play with toys. Obviously because he doesn't fetch. He doesn't like chew on little tennis balls. He doesn't really do anything but chew on bones. The only thing he likes is bones. Rawhide bones, those little plastic bones. He just likes chewing on bones. But you can't even like play tug of war or like play with the bone with him. He does it on his own time. You can throw him the bone. But he'll only chew it when he wants to and he does it on his own. So that's kind of boring. We tried to teach him how to play fetch actually a couple years ago. So we also have a cat. Um, and so she has this little like mouse she forgets about sometimes that has catnip in it. But it we haven't refilled that in a long time. And so there's like residue of catnip which Karina oddly like so we try to teach him to play fetch with the mouse so we would throw it and he's he like chases after it or he'll like run and he'll try to catch it in midair or try to bite it but I don't think he knows how to bite it because he'll go and like try to bite it and then completely miss or just like faux bite it because I think he's trying to like nip it and then run back or just stare at it and be like what did you want so he never actually like bites it or bring it back or if he does bite it he drops it but we try to teach him how to play fetch with the mouse. And it worked. Short term. He was able to... Slowly he was biting it and bringing it. But dropping it halfway. And then finally at the end of the day. He did bite it and bring it back. That was only once though. He has not done it again. It is a skill he promptly forgot. That's okay. He makes up for it though. He likes to be pet. He likes to get attention he follows me around he's literally my shadow um but he's super cute he loves going under blankets he like makes nests and he sleeps with me but like he ha he one takes up the entire bed he has even though he's small he has a lot of muscle he's very strong for a small little dog and when he's asleep he is dead weight it's hard to move him and he'll sleep the very foot of my bed and while he's not that big he takes up most of the room because he's at he sprawls at an angle where like takes up the room so I'm like in a weird ball but he'll also be under my blankets where he'll like nose his way under and then sleep in between my legs in like a little like nest and put his like head in, in my knee crevice which that is adorable he's very warm so I guess that makes up for him not being able to fetch yeah he's very sniffy and licky he chases things super cute he also has like you know corgis do the little sploot thing where they put like their back legs behind him you can tell he has some corgi in him because he'll do that and he'll like lay on the grass and like rub his head and sploot his little legs and then drag himself forward with his front legs so his like little legs get dragged out behind him Overall, he's just a very adorable little dog, and he's a very good outdoor dog. Like, he loves doing walks, he loves running, he runs super cute, kind of like a bunny. He goes back and forth, he little teeter-totters. Yeah, but he's just a very cute dog. Like, I'm glad we got him. Um, I got him in 8th grade, near my birthday, actually. Um, but yeah, low-key, he loves me the best out of all my family um same with our cat they love me the best I don't know I think it kind of started because all their pet paraphernalia is in my room but 
joke's on them now because they love me the best. So, kind of the dog whisperer. But, yeah. But, yeah, I wonder how dogs know how to play fetch. But I think he also has, like, those terrier instincts because he thinks he's a herd dog. Like, he gets, he does not like it when we're not, like, the whole family's not together. Like, he'll, like, wait at the window if one of us is gone. Um, And, like, when we're on walks, he, like, will run ahead and everything. But then he'll, like, come circle back and, like, go behind everyone and, like, kind of corral us all together or, like, boop our ankles or whatever. Like, he'll nudge our ankles with his nose to, like, have us go forward or to make sure we're all there. So, like, he really, you can really tell, like, what kind of dog breeds used to do what and, like, the instincts they have. Because, um, he definitely has some sort of, like, herd, like, hunting dog in him because he'll, like, obviously try to get squirrels and whatnot. But, like, he really makes sure like, has to have it where we're all together, and his little, like, hurt, his little family, his little pack is all together, and he really makes sure or like that. So, it's interesting to see, like, what instincts dogs have. So, after this episode, if you have a dog, like, observe what it does. Like, think about if it's a, like, if your dog's a purebred or, like, is a mix or, like, has some sort of those, like, easily defiable traits to the different dog breeds and then notice his behavior and try to put together like what traits from whatever breeds your dog has that is more um obvious and is more dominant because once you think about it and once you like know you start noticing those behaviors and you can really like see like what your dog has in it by its behavior. And that's what I noticed with my dog. So I think we learned a lot this episode. We learned dogs come from different breeds of canines, not just wolves. And we pondered whether dogs come from other dogs. And that huskies and corgis make the cutest mixes and that hairless dogs are some of the ugliest dogs and that my dog is weird but adorable but that's okay love him anyways i think honestly having a mix makes them even cuter because then they're not boring and also purebred dogs end up having issues because if you don't know to keep them so purebred they end up performing incest like being a part of incest like especially dalmatians like purebred dalmatians have really bad problems with like their um they get hip dysplasia and other purebred dogs do because incest so when you guys are thinking oh my gosh let me get myself a purebred dog just no one you're getting it from breeders and having a more expensive just to buy a dog that's gonna have hip problems because it is like pretty much slept with itself fun fact for you to take away from this episode so this episode is coming to a close i want to thank you for pondering dogs with me i'm gonna urge you to like share and subscribe to this podcast like always and 
Also, like always, if you're feeling up to it, possibly follow me on Instagram. Ponder your dogs. Observe your dogs like you've never observed them before. And with that, I say good day and see you next week on the Ponderings of a Teenage Girl.